rather than go to law school somewhere else, you go somewhere else to do jobs. Um, so I'm sure other law schools have things yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm sure that as well. So you, yeah, you were paid for these positions. No. <laughs> oh, you were. Oh, I thought you were. Oh. No. So it's the um, altruism. It's like a clinic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I wish. And emotion. Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. And I'm 3L law student Felicity Rudan. Felicity, what's up today? Not much. We have an early morning podcast recording, so I'm very tired. People might think that when you say that, it's 7 a.m. I mean, it it's really, not. it's not. It's, it's 9.30 in the morning is an early morning <laughs> podcast recording it, well, to you. No, I guess not. Now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I just put you on the spot always. And I'm going to put you on the spot. The usual question that you don't know what you're being asked. Hopefully you can answer this one in a uh, without too much difficulty. Can you remember a one of the, I won't say the, one of the funniest moments you've had at law school? And tell us oh. what it was. I... I think I have one, but it's a, I don't know if it's mean. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you and then you can, we can cut it and try something else if it's bad. Okay. Um, so last year in our business associations class, we were sitting, it was like right around the recruit time in first semester. Um, so when everyone's doing like everyone who takes business associations is doing the OCI Bay street recruit and um, it's not during reading week. So like a bunch of people were going to miss class and we had had a bunch of problems with the recordings. So we were all like sitting in this class the week before the recruit. And this one guy like interrupts the whole class and was like, um, can we just get a show of hands? Everyone who got interviews for the recruit, uh, because I'm not going to be here next week. And, like, everyone was just <laughs> silent. It was like the most painful and hilarious thing oh that no that is a good funny moment uh and you know what so here you will not believe this but my a student that i taught in my very second year of teaching so he's now and i stayed a friend so he's probably in his 40s almost 50 now but he said that in a similar thing happened to him he and his friend in first year stood up to stop a class in January to say to the prof, uh, some of us have interviews coming up next week. So we're wondering if you could, you know, really give us less, less material this week. And then he, and then, so now when you ask him that, he says, Oh, I, I, that's the worst moment I've ever had in law school. I felt so ridiculous, but I don't know why we did it, but we did it. And anyway, so that's, that's amazing. That tradition continues, obviously. (laughs) It's like painfully awkward, but also funny for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the advice to all listeners is don't do that. Don't be that person. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, and that's, I guess, a nice segue because our guest was there for that interaction. Ah, well, why don't you, her. why don't you, you go ahead, Felicity, you can uh, take it over. <laughs> all right. Our guest is, uh, two, uh, I guess now 3L with me at Osgood and she is Sydney McIver. So she'll introduce herself here. Hello, everyone. My name is Sydney McIver. I am a 3L student. And I guess you've asked me here today to talk about my experience with international law opportunities at Osgood. Yes, but tell us about yourself first, Sydney, before we get into okay. that. 
Okay. Um, well, what do you want to know about me? I studied my undergrad at the University of Victoria. It was in economics. Um, I am babysitting my sister's dog. She is very small um, and very Your cute. Your sister or the dog? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, my yes. sister is normal size. <laughs> uh, all right. That's good. Economics. I didn't know you'd studied economics before. Law. I did. Yeah. And then I spent a year between working in uh, law school and undergrad. And I was a residence life coordinator at the University of Calgary for a year. Okay. Completely unrelated to either economics or law. <laughs> right. Uh, or Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'll, yeah. <laughs> Sydney, you know the drill. What's your, what's a, a favorite TV, radio, mo- podcast, movie, whatever that relates to <laughs> law that you. Okay. So I thought about this and I wanted, I thought like, I don't know what your goal is with with this question, but my thought is it's that gives people. <laughs> what are you doing here, Richard? I know, I... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, my thought is it gives people content to explore. So I was thinking, what can I say that's new and different that no one said before? And like a true theater kid at heart, uh, I thought of a play that I've seen. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> and it's called "What's the Constitution? What the Constitution Means to Me." And it's a Broadway play that I saw in New York on Broadway. And it's basically a play about this woman. (laughs) The concept is bizarre. It's a one woman play. I do not know how this play got to Broadway. It's amazing, but just the concept is ridiculous. (laughs) So it's a one woman play. The woman used, she used to go around and debate about the constitution when she was a kid for scholarship money. And the play is basically her like kind of coming in and out of those debates and like reflecting on like what she thought the constitution was as a kid, what she thinks about it now, like basically given that the constitution doesn't protect women or minorities or (laughs) the American constitution, of course, um, and kind of reflecting on it now. So it's a really, it's a great play, um, but I don't, I didn't think that I would like it as much as I did. Years ago, I was thinking about the Constitution for various reasons. <laughs> and I thought it would be interesting to go back and see what my 15-year-old self loved so much about this document, because I did. I loved it. I was a zealot. I was a true believer. So I called my mom. I asked her to send me the speech. She had thrown it away. Speech. So I thought um, what I would do is resurrect the speech and the contest based on what I remember about myself at 15. With a one woman play, it's so hard to keep it like fresh and entertaining, but yeah, that was my. Well, that is that, that's, uh, that is unique. No one will ever uh, come with that as an idea, which is great. Uh, but More you're right. I'm not sure that anyone can actually see the Well, play. I know. So your your initial concern is why do we ask this question? Then you say, well, maybe it'll help broaden people's horizons. And then you give us a play that no one is ever going to be able to see. <laughs> well, one day, maybe. <laughs> maybe. If they come to Toronto or if they do it by Zoom, I guess. Well, I think I found out about it and I... <laughs> 
<laughs> through a different podcast, actually. So there oh. you go. I'm just I'm just bringing it back full circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good, and we will. Uh, there's no way I'll be able to get a clip of that for this podcast, but we'll figure something out. Uh, I have heard her on the radio talk about that play. Actually, you're right. Or yeah, so I I did maybe know instead of, it. of a clip, Richard, you could just talk about what the Constitution means, it means to you. To me, yeah. <laughs> She is supposed to be really good. So, yeah. Uh, All right, Sydney, you alluded earlier. You alluded earlier to why we are having you here, which is not not just because we want to chat with you, but you have had an international experience as an exchange or transfer or exchange program, I guess it would be. Uh, So, yes, you need to enlighten the listeners about that, if you could. Sure. So I've actually had a couple of international experiences, not to brag. Um, So in my first year summer, I actually worked at World Bank Group in Washington, D.C. So that was my first sort of exposure to international and international law, um, not quite as far. And then last spring or winter, depending on where you are in the world and how you define it. (laughs) In UVic, we called it the spring semester, but here I know they call it the winter semester. And I think if there's anything to define the difference between Toronto and Victoria, it's that. (laughs) That's great. I like that. You're right. (laughs) Um, So I went to The Hague um, in the Netherlands and I was working at the uh, residual mechanism for international criminal tribunals, which is essentially um, for the non-nerds out there. <laughs> it's the most bureaucratic name you could have. Uh, it's basically what's left over of the Rwanda tribunal and the Yugoslavia tribunal, and there's still um, there's still one in Tanzania for the Rwanda one, and then there's still this one, which it, it does most of the Yugoslavia work in The Hague, so that is where I worked. Um, and I'm also doing an international law moot, so there you go. <laughs> so, wow, so uh, on, on both of these uh, sojourns, were you, were you uh, basically you got the job as a law student, do you think? Even the first one? Uh, I know so, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so the World Bank internship was set up as a partnership through Osgood, um, and it's actually funded through the Osgood Student Internship Program. So they only take, um, well, they take two law student interns. Uh, so they take one from Western and one from Osgood. And the one from Osgood is actually funded by the business Osgood Student Internship Program, funded by McCarthy's. And the <laughs> the Western one is also funded by by a different firm. My and, firm. Yes, I wasn't sure if you wanted to say that, so <laughs> the opportunity. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's law students. You work. It's actually you working in bankruptcy and insolvency, and you're basically helping. I mean, I wasn't personally doing the advising, but I was helping in lawyers from around the world in the team I was on, advising governments on how to develop their insolvency regimes so that they could be really robust in um, in hard times, basically. Um, so that was really interesting. And then um, my placement at the tribunal um, in The Hague was also, you definitely needed to be a law student for that. That was one of the requirements. 
Um, and also I was able to do it during the semester because it was part of the Osgood International Intensive Program. So this was like, I guess the equivalent, I don't know what other schools have. I know other schools have exchanges. It was like a little bit more, I don't know if it more substantive, but rather than go to law school somewhere else, you go somewhere else to do jobs. Um, so I'm sure other law schools have things yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm sure that as well. So you, yeah, you were paid for these positions. No. <laughs> oh, you weren't. Oh, I thought you were. Oh. No. So it's the um, altruistic. It's like a clinic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I wish. Vastly um, different. No. So one is very private law based and the other is very public law based, right? And, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know one thing that when I was a 1L and starting and talking to some upper years, I'd be like, oh, I'm, you know, kind of interested in international law. And they'd be like, oh, international law doesn't exist. And that that was kind of the line. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's it, like unicorns. And <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> I don't know if that's the line like among lawyers, but it's definitely the line among law students. And I don't know why, um, but yeah, it's definitely something people say. <laughs> so I was surprised when I found out that there were jobs and things you can do in international law. It's definitely hard to get the jobs because you're competing with the whole world, um, <laughs> but right. they are out there. <clears throat> Did you have, some, oh, sorry, go sorry, ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, I guess the difference then is you, you actually worked in I guess what you would call international law proper, whereas when you do an exchange or something like that, you're learning sort of that country's national law. I guess that would be the difference or a difference. Yeah, yeah I think so. And then, oh my gosh. So I was working, when I worked at the tribunal, it's hybrid, so it's civil and common law. And I have to tell you, not a fan of civil law, not a fan of civil law. <laughs> well, it, it gave you that experience. Now you now you have a better appreciation. You're not going to work in uh, Quebec then. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so did the uh, did these positions, did you meet up law students from other universities around the world? Yeah, so I worked with a student from UCLA who's doing her JD there, a student who got her master's at Cambridge, and she was German, and I think she did her undergrad in law at York, not our York, but York in the UK, and then a, uh, she's already a lawyer actually from Russia, who I'm so sorry, I forget the name of the Russian school, uh, but who went to a Russian school. Uh, but in Russia, you don't have to do any kind of licensing. So like once you have the degree, I guess you are a lawyer. So she was a lawyer. Um, so it was all women, which was great in my office. Um, and then in the other offices, so I was in the office of the president, uh, but there was also like chamber, like the judges chambers that had interns and the office of the prosecutor had interns. And um, defense counsel also had interns, but they were paid, so we didn't really talk to them. Like it was, we, we weren't on the same level. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what about language? Is the lingua franca English, which is a bizarre thing to say, by the way, because it, it's lingua franca. Why? Why do we say that in English? I don't know. Anyway, that anyone does say that, Richard. I think that's just you. <laughs> it 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 was yeah. It, it was English and French. Um, but that being said, because it is like what's left over of the Yugoslavia tribunal. Um, they also have like Bosnia Serb, um, what's it called for speaking? You know, 
Serbo-Croatian? Yeah. Um, so, like, a lot of the proceedings are either translated into it or out of it because a lot of the accused only speak um, Serbian or Bosnian, Hungarian, Croatian, not Hungarian. So, yeah, so, but, but the official languages are English and French. <laughs> right. And Sid, you're also, I, now you're still considering doing, I don't know if this is spoiler alert for the rest of your career, but an LLM abroad. I'm just wondering if you can, what do you, why do you hate Canada? Why do you like <laughs> yeah, keep going everywhere else? What's the draw? <laughs> why do you hate Canada? I don't hate Canada. I guess that's the one thing that's sort of limiting about a licensed profession in law in particular is that it is quite it's quite jurisdictional and you get qualified in one place and then you're kind of trapped there um which is kind of strange i mean there's not many other professions that are like that and so it can be a little bit daunting that you have to commit to a jurisdiction so early and I mean, obviously in Canada, other than Quebec, as we mentioned, Quebec has the civil code. You can't, it's pretty easy to transfer in Canada and even other common law jurisdictions like the UK, it's not impossible, but it is definitely a barrier. And, you know, we've already done so much education. It is kind of, it is kind of a, a weird um, quirk of the legal profession. Yeah, that's a good observation though. It's a, it, it's a definitely a closed shop. Law, law is in most and you're right maybe uh, countries might allow especially federal countries would probably allow reciprocal arrangements between their the units but but it is hard to get outside your country and practice law whereas I assume the human body is pretty much the same so medicine is and engineering is easily transferable uh, math stays the same math. I guess you have to transfer from um metric to uh, <laughs> imperial one, that, yeah, which, yeah if that's the diff most difficult thing to do you're you're okay with numbers <laughs> would, have you always been interested in international law was that something you thought you would do right from the start or um i mean in the sense of that like when i started in law school i was kind of like interested in everything <laughs> i would say that i was interested in international law um but i didn't know what it was for sure um until i really until I probably started working at World Bank. And even though the work I was doing was more multinational at World Bank and that it was mostly looking at specific jurisdictions and supporting specific jurisdictions, it was still in a lot of ways like international work because World Bank's an international org. And so I started to get more of a sense then, I would say. Um, and I guess the, the thing that's kind of, I just find international law like so bizarre because you know it's it's the world but it's like because it's because all states have their own sovereignty it's so haphazard in a in a sense and I whereas the Canadian like, common law is completely coherent it is common law in a sense I mean customary international law that's kind of what it is it's kind of the common law of the international world and I just find it fascinating and just kind of bizarre uh the way it the way it's been built and the way it's developed in, in a lot of ways like common law but for the most part, a lot newer than common law. Um, so it is pretty interesting. <laughs> and if you were, so I, I know it's like kind of 
everyone's little law school journey is different, but if you were a little baby 1L again uh, and had to decide whether or not to jump into sort of the international realm and going away as early as you did or do the more traditional route, what people do, which is the 3L exchange, um, do you have any thoughts on what you think the, the pros and cons? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, obviously COVID is a large barrier to <laughs> in a normal year, maybe. <laughs> um, so it's hard to say. Um, I think, well, I really wanted to moot. And so that's something you do have to be around for the whole year to do. So I definitely wouldn't have done both. Um, I guess the downside of, and I think it's a downside if you miss 1L or 2L or if you miss part of 3L is that you might miss you have a lot of fear of missing out of a lot of events that happen at Osgood. So we have our mock trial show, which I was sad to miss, our ski trip, our formal. Some of those things I actually missed. Some of these things got canceled because of COVID. But I definitely like had moments where I felt like, oh, I'm just I'm just over here in Europe. Like my life is so sad. Woe is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too bad. Did you did you make Whereas, you, I assume you made new friends though as well over there. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I shared an office with the three other interns um that were in the office of the president. So we were we were all very close. <laughs> you should you should have uh, sold them on transferring to Osgood for their final semester. Yeah, um definitely my UCLA friend didn't want to do that because the money she makes in America is <laughs> like, I just can't sell her. I can't sell her on Canada. It's a, it's a real pay cut she has to take. <laughs> so a, a heavy tuition cut, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, the um, net, I think the net might be okay, actually. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about um, reaching it that way, but maybe I will. Might be a little late. We're both halfway through 3L now. <laughs> yes, that's right. And um, the uh, the European, well, the, the two Europeans, they were they were done school, and they're they were like they want to be international lawyers. So one is doing arbitration now at a firm in Brussels, and like international arbitration, and the other is I think she's she's like the problem with actually working in an international org and like actually breaking into the profession is most people who did it just interned for years and years until position <laughs> opened up. <laughs> and so I think that's what the, the Russian lawyer is doing um, is she's just trying to do another internship and another internship until a job opens. But it's definitely not a hot job market, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so unless you're super into international law, stick to the exchange. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what, what, what advice would you give to somebody who's entering law school who really does sort of think about international uh, law or, or had, had in mind in the interna working internationally. Is there something you'd tell them? Well, if they're already at Osgood, I would... No, I would, they're not in <laughs> law school at all. Okay, okay. Well, I would say if, you're, if there's somewhere specifically where you want to practice realistically it's probably better to go to law school there because it is a bit of a burden to transfer uh if you just have a rough idea and you think probably a common law country would be okay then then i think osgood or 
you know, Canadian common law schools would still be a pretty excellent option. Um, and at least Osgood, I know, has a very good reputation internationally. Um, so it's definitely not going to be a problem. <laughs> I'm just selling people on Osgood now. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to have a terrible reputation. But I would say, yeah, I think if if there's somewhere that you absolutely want to be and you know that, it is probably better to go to law school there because of the jurisdictional issue. And but, if not, just come flail with the rest of us. <laughs> but that being said, like a lot of places, law is an undergrad too. So it's the barriers to entry are at getting a job as opposed to at getting into school. Whereas in Canada, for the most part, the barrier is actually getting into school and getting a job. I mean, Osgood has a 96% placement rate in non-COVID years. So that's where the, the, that's where the bottleneck is. So I guess there's a bit more of a risk in going to school and getting that education in the sense that the jobs aren't, you know, there's probably not like a organized formal recruit where firms are just lining up to hire you (laughs) in the same sense. No, it's a different process entirely, but spoken like a true economist, by the way, that whole (laughs) (laughs) barriers to entry and percentage of jobs that are, or percentage of students who get jobs. That's that's (laughs) what I expect. That's what I expected to hear from you. (laughs) My economist uh, background is showing. (laughs) Uh, Felicity, do you want to? ask the last question i usually give you the last oh question i think i know you always do and it always it's so much pressure <laughs> i have nothing else to ask to me she's told us everything i thought i know i thought you had a standard you were going to develop a standard last question well right? i should do that that would make this easier <laughs> i haven't done that yet that's um, what an economist you, why don't i tell you uh richard i know you wanted tea on felicity so why don't I tell you about the first time I ever met her? Oh, perfect. Okay. I don't like this question. No, this is good. The more <laughs> so I know about my co-host, the better. So for those of you who don't know, Felicity is my best friend in law school. Uh, that's <laughs> podcast, nepotism only. Um, <laughs> and um, the first time I met her was during a week and she was sitting on there's these chairs in our main hall and Gowling's hall. I haven't seen them in about a year, but they're still there, I presume. And she was sitting there and I sat down and started talking to her. And I don't even remember what we were talking about. I just remember thinking, this is the most confident woman I've ever met. <laughs> and I was clearly full of it because I don't remember any of this. Oh, wow. Well, obviously I didn't make as much of an impression on you. <laughs> but you weren't you weren't turned away by the the overconfident, overly confident. No, I loved it. Oh, I was okay. Like, okay. This is someone I need to be friends with. <laughs> I wasn't up there saying, show of hands. Um, <laughs> right, right. Doing an interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, yes. That, uh, if, they, if they'd asked that first day, you might have stood up and said that. But luckily you. I hope you, not. <laughs> Or I like a, to think a, 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 a simple farmer's daughter. Did you grow up on a farm? I did. <laughs> and then, where, All where, of our listeners are getting such a picture uh, of me as a person. That's great. No, no, I, that's a good. I like that, Sydney. Thank you. That's a good way. That's a good way to end it. Uh, okay. Easy with the shade, Richard. <laughs> uh, Sydney, thank you so much for. Uh, 
enlightening us about your international law experience and uh we'll hope to have you back maybe to talk about what what uh what other things mental can we health? talk about mental no. health yeah let's we can talk about we can just talk about felicity more honestly <laughs> <laughs> no 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 what? it's my very favorite topic she's already <laughs> you've already mentioned she's confident there's just no need to all right thank you so much for having me thank you again